You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shade. I want a magic pill for my ailments to help the equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve, with my little pal Lady Diagnosis, a.k.a. she who will do most anything for a glass of expensive wine. Hello, Lady Diagnosis. Hello, Dr. Steve. And uh, it's her boyfriend, uh, Dr. X. Hello, sir. Howdy. Thanks for being here. Thank you. You're a lucky man. Yes, I am. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. If you're listening to us live, I like how you say that. The number is 754-227-3647. That's 754-22-PENIS. I knew you'd pick that one. I picked 754-BEAR-NIP. <laughs> Or follow us on Twitter. I think your girlfriend set you up on that one. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine, Lady Diagnosis, or Dr. Scott WM, and Dr. Scott will be back next week. Uh, visit our website at weirdmedicine.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy, or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse, practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, barista, yoga master, physical therapist, anesthesiologist, or whatever. Brewmaster. Or brewmaster. That is true. Poor old brewmaster John. He caught... He didn't ever come visit anymore. Nope. Well, we only started saying FPA John because um, he, you know, when he started up the new business, he quit coming. Oh, is that why? Yeah, so I was people would say, why, say that. why? Poor Jill. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Where's John? And I'd just say FPA, John. And then it started a okay. kind of a little thing. And a, a reminiscent of F. Jackie on Howard Stern from the old days. Mm. So, anyway. Um, don't forget stuff.drsteve.com for all your Amazon needs. Uh, stuff.drsteve.com. And next show, I will have a review of the Womanizer sex toy that's at the bottom of the scrolling th- or the bottom of the page at stuff.drsteve.com and uh, and I'll let you guys know if it's really everything that Dr. Perkins set it up to be so we'll see I can't wait to hear that and tweakedaudio.com offer co- why don't you guys just buy one and then we'll trade notes I was looking for my complimentary issue of that. <laughs> well, I can't even get a free one. I'll just use yours, Doctor Steve. Okay. Well, you know the thing is, you don't you don't touch it to, know, the, to so. the body. So actually, we you, could all pass it is it a around. sex toy that people could pass around. Yeah. You wouldn't want to use somebody else's dildo. 
That would be gross. Even a glass one, you know it's perfectly clean, but it's still gross. (laughs) Glass, a glass dildo. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, Glass breaks. Well, those big, thick glass dildos, I think they're safety glass, and Hmm. they're not going to break. I mean, you could hit somebody over the head with it, and I'm sure that's happened. You don't know lady diagnosis. (laughs) 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 Oh, she could just break. Oh, I see. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Oh. Um, very nice lady diagnosis. She's okay. been doing her Kegel maneuvers. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm doing them right now. Ah, I am too. <laughs> so, um, I have a very tight vagina. Uh, don't forget Dr. Scott's uh, website. It's simplyherbals.net, simplyherbals.net. And uh, t- tweakedaudio.com, offer code FLUID for 33% off the best earbuds on the market for the price and the best customer service anywhere. Uh, go to blueapron.com slash medicine and get three free meals by going to blueapron.com slash medicine. And that's off your first order. And if you want to listen to archives of this show, go to premium.drsteep.com for uh, buck ninety nine. You can get all of the uh, past shows. You can listen to them there. Why would you not? Uh, or you could uh, use the Weird Medicine app, which you can get on iTunes or a Google Play. And uh, that's the best way to do it if you're going to be a premium listener. We do sometimes have premium content that we put up there. Mm-hmm. All the uh, ETN comedy the stuff comedy. is there. And um, it's a buck ninety nine. So, and it helps keep us on the air, and we appreciate it. So, uh, I w- <laughs> Do I get any of that money? Well, do you get a check every, every time you come here? Yes. Okay, then yes. Then you're getting some of that money. Okay, That's how good. I pay you. Okay. Um, and we are one of the few podcasts, by the way, that actually pays people for being on the show. So, you know, Dr. X is a, is a guest. He's a but guest. I'll, he I'll, I'll give you his money. Oh, okay. That's why I'm looking team. for my complimentary uh, <laughs> I know, your toy. Com- I get complimentary. Yours. Oh, oh, we do have a complimentary toy for him. It's oh, right behind okay. you up above your uh, left shoulder. There you go. Yes. We have oh. a uh, sex toy it's, for you. It's called it's called the Flatus Flute. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's a good thing I don't have gas. <laughs> you know, well, um, next time you do. <laughs> you know what really kind of ticked me off is that they're when they do colonoscopies now. What are they using nitrogen or something instead of what they used to use CO two? CO two still. Well, okay, I uh, air. My guy. It was I guess was using nitrogen or something else that you don't get the the delightful uh, thunderous flatus afterward, and uh, I, I had taken one of those with me to do my colonoscopy, and I do mine without <laughs> anesthesia, and so I was uh, why because I I don't like the anesthesia. Um, propofol makes me goofy for like two days. He just and... likes something large and black up his butt. Oh <laughs> well, well. <laughs> Well, Dr. X. Oh. So uh, he's fitting in very nicely on the show. Um, <laughs> so I um, had um, – uh, so, but I did it without anesthesia, and one of the reasons was I could just pull up my drawers and go to work afterward. I didn't have to take a day off. And I wanted to shove a flatus flute up my ass and get video of it really demonstrating what it can do. 
Because you'll notice that's a picture of me on there. So can't you just use it when next time you have Mexican or something? Yes, but then it's just, you know, the nice thing about doing it post-colonoscopy is you're not going to be shooting out any liquid stool or anything, uh, you know, on the back wall. True. You know, the sphincter is an amazing thing that it can distinguish between gases, liquids, and solids. Absolutely. And selectively let them release. It is amazing. Well, most of the time you're successful with that. (laughs) Um, but people ask, well, how how is it that the sphincter or you know that the rectum uh, can uh, can make a distinction, you know, between those things? And it's like, okay, put water in your ass. mouth, right? It's a smart ass. <laughs> oh, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're all we're all about fun here, but puns are uh, anyway. It's fine. It's, that was very funny. Um, but if, if you put um, uh, beer in your mouth, okay, there's a tongue there that has taste buds, but you can tell the difference between the gas where the where the liquid ends and the air. And I can't tell you how you do that. You just can't. You're, if you puff up your cheeks full of air, you can tell that it's air and not liquid, and the ass is just able to do the same thing. There's just not a tongue in there, thing, you know, not, not uh, of your own. There might be an exogenous you tongue. You said in that, there. not us. <laughs> and um, but there's no tongue in there to uh, to detect flavor and 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 things like that. But you can definitely can detect consistency. I was going to say you can feel. Yeah, you can feel. You, you know, know when it's liquid. Yeah, you know. And but every once in a while you'll think it's gas, Sometimes but it's, it's not. Yes, a shark. You're right. That's yeah. right. And so that's what I don't want to do. I, I knew my bowel was perfectly clean, and it would have been a perfect example that's of a flatus flute in action. But my guy uses, I think it was nitrogen, and uh, there, it just all got it got resorbed so quickly that there was nothing to expel. I had no hmm. post op or you know post procedure flatus whatsoever. You didn't get the bends? Nope. No, no, I didn't get the bends either. So it was weird. So I was I, uh, I was very disappointed. That was the whole reason of. Uh, 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 being excited to have my colonoscopy, I was going to get this viral video, and it just didn't work out. Anyway, all right. Want to take some phone calls? Let's do it. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right. Um. Hello, Dr. Steve. Ooh. This is Adam from San Diego. Hey, Adam. Got a question about uh, euthanasia. Uh, just recently put a cat down, and I was talking to the vet, and... She was talking about uh, what she was injecting. It was uh, first the propothal, put to sleep, and then an overdose of phenobarbital. And I asked her, with the prisons, I guess there's a, a, there's a shortage of uh, the injection medicine that they use in prisons. Why can't they use the same medicine that they use to put our pets down? And that's about it. Yeah. Do you want to you want to speak on this? Because yeah, I, 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 the drug companies don't really want their medication used for. Give yourself a bill. We'll it's go exactly with euthanasia it. or executions. Uh, uh, pentothal, which was what they used to use and is no longer manufactured. Thiopental. Uh, thiopental. Right. Pentothal. Uh, I guess it came out before people. Lay people knew what medications were, so it was okay. But with uh, propofol. Uh, those manufacturers do not want that uh, brand uh, right. associated. Yeah, it says authorities are struggling to find drugs used in lethal ejections 
amid a shortage spurred in part by drug makers' objections to the death penalty. So, yeah, they just don't want to be associated with it. So uh, now phenobarbital, um, generic, you could basically buy that from anywhere. The, the other part of it is the state has to uh, have legislation saying what they're going to use. And sometimes now there's legislators that are, don't want to be involved in the death penalty either, so they're real slow to change those rules to allow other drugs to be used. And so that's the other thing. It's politics all the way around yeah. from the drug manufacturers and the legislators. Some states are very nimble and can change quickly and have, and I can't um, name name any offhand. I was reading about this. Um, Lethal are, injection was kind of a cocktail that was legally prescribed, and now that the, one of the main medications is no longer used, it's running into that legal conundrum. Right, right. Um, you know, uh, what Kevorkian did was he used, I guess I can't remember what his thing was, but he had a two step process by which, uh, they would, he would sedate the pay or the, the machine that the patient would actuate. That was the key was the patient had to actuate it. The minute Kevorkian pushed the button for one of his patients, that's when he got sent down the road for uh, killing somebody. But as long as he, he could make the machine and let them do it. And I think what, what he was doing was a sedative, and I'm not sure what it was. I'm going to look it up here in a second because we're on a podcast. We're not on satellite radio, and we can pause for a second if we need to. And then I think he used a lethal injection of um, potassium. And potassium, if, if, if you get enough of that, it will just stop your heart. So let's see here. Um, Kevorkian machine let's see what it, if it, we have anything here oh no there's a wallach kevorkian rotating biopsy punch so uh by the way if you guys ever had any questions of whether kevorkian was a serial killer or not i'm just google uh jack kevorkian artwork and then tell me what you think have you ever seen his artwork it's yeah. the most disturbing stuff let lady diagnosis bring it up on her phone and, um, you know, what is serial killers, uh, what do they like? They like to have a trophy. Well, he would videotape all of his, you know, ostensibly to document it, but he had the videotape. And what else do they want? They want notoriety. Well, he certainly had that. And uh, they need to be, uh, have, be a psychopathic, um, uh, uh, yeah, that's you know, crazy I have a psychopathic stuff. disorder. And then if you look at his artwork, it was the creepiest that's shit. Disturbing. It's very disturbing. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, he's not with us anymore, so it would be hard to uh, – of course, he would deny it. Um, but what a greater thing for a serial killer than to figure out a way to do it and, and do it in public and not and get in not trouble get in for trouble, it. not get in trouble, yeah. You know? So, and kind of be praised for it. Yeah, well – he did bring – look, there were people who were in the Hemlock Society who were totally on his side. Mm -hmm. And rational, well-thinking people can have a discussion about whether this you know, physician-assisted suicide is, um, is uh, ethical or not. And there are states in this country where you can have physician aid in suicide, where can you can you? write a lethal prescription for somebody. They have to take it. You can't administer it. Right. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon is one of those. That's exactly right. I didn't realize that was legal. One of two. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Uh, let's see what um, what Kevorkian used. Let's see if I can find it. I can't find it. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Oh, Kevorkian assisted others with a device that employed a gas mask fed by a canister of carbon monoxide, which was called the Mercytron. This became necessary because Kevorkian's medical license had been revoked after the first two deaths and he could no longer have legal access to the substances required for the Thanatron. Okay, so that was his first device. Invented by Jack Kevorkian to use this device, he called it a Thanatron or death machine uh, after the Greek uh, demon uh, Thanatos. It worked by pushing a button to deliver euthanizing drugs mechanically through an IV. It had three canisters mounted on a metal frame, and each bottle had a syringe that connected to a single IV line in the person's arm. One contained saline. Another contained a sleep-inducing barbiturate called sodium thiopental. There we are again. And the third, a lethal mixture, a lethal mixture of potassium chloride, which immediately stopped the heart. And pancuronium bromide, a paralytic medication to prevent spasms during the dying process. So, so he would paralyze them. Of course, they couldn't breathe when they're paralyzed either, and then he would stop their heart. So. That's the same thing they use for lethal injection for execution. Is that the three-step? Is they mm-hmm. use okay, all right. They put them to sleep, paralyze them, and then stop their heart. Okay, well there you go. So I guess yeah. that's. Uh, so if you're asleep, you don't have pain, correct? Right, right, right. No, it's it's humane so in it's the humane. sense. Yeah, it's it's. There's no question that it's humane in the sense that you're not inducing suffering. The question is, is it ethical? You know, and that's that's well, where we can have a discussion pain. about that. Right. Well, okay. So, thank you for bringing that up. Um, there is this thing called the principle of double effect. Did you get taught that? You, okay. So, the no. principle of double effect is an ethical principle that's pretty old. Thomas Aquinas was the first one that elucidated it, and what it says is basically that you can do a procedure or some intervention on someone as long as, and and it could have a negative outcome. As long as um, you don't intend the negative outcome, and I'm going to bring this into what we're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, and that the thing that you're doing is morally good or at least morally neutral, and you're not intending the bad outcome to achieve the good outcome. So 
let's let's use this for a hospice patient that is has terminal agitation. Okay, and this is where two to three days before they expire, they just start getting wild and they're thrashing around, trying to maybe trying to get out of bed, or they're really in distress. You've tried A, you've tried B, you've tried C, you can't get them under control, and so you've decided you're going to sedate this person. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of things you can use: phenobarb, propofol, Versed, uh, or midazolam. And uh, to sedate this person, well, when you sedate them, they can't eat and they can't drink. You can give them IV fluids and stuff, but you're probably going to hasten their demise by doing this. So that's a possibility that you could hasten their demise by by making them, you know, in a basically medically induced coma, right? So as long as that's not your intent. Well, okay. So uh, if if you did that to an 18-year-old that was expected to get better, that would not be an ethical move right. Right. because they're expected to get better and uh, so sedating them to the point where they die would be basically malpractice at best and murder at worst. If you sedate this person who's expected to expire in the next two or three days and you reduce their lifespan by 30 minutes or a half a day, uh, but your intent is to relieve their suffering, according to the principle of double effect, that's an ethical move. Okay. And, and remember, the key part of this is that the bad effect cannot be your intent to achieve the good effect. Gotcha. So relieving suffering is the good effect. The bad effect is that they're going to hasten their demise. Where Kevorkian got crossways with modern medical, medical ethics was he was intending the bad effect. In other words, he was intending the person to die to relieve their suffering. Hmm. Okay. So um, now ethics in calculus. Right? There's no right. right answer. These are just things that we've agreed on that a bunch of us have agreed, yeah, we agree with this, that this is ethical. But you could have an argument with that and say, well, wait a minute. So you, you just know. have to say it out loud that you're well, intending that, to relieve right. their pain? Yeah, that's, you're in, you write it in the chart, yes. But yeah, basically that's the same thing. Okay. You're intending to relieve suffering and you've discussed the risk benefits and alternatives mm-hmm. and one of the consequences may be hastening the patient's demise the family understands the risk benefits and alternatives and wishes to proceed mm-hmm. that kind of thing right you know and then and then you're good right with the, with that principle and that's a a defense in court too is using the principle of double effect because it's generally accepted um could you be a um well-meaning intelligent person that thinks that what Jack Kevorkian did was okay, heck yeah, you could. You know, there's and it, it's being done every day in uh, other countries and in Oregon, and I think Washington's the other one. So so I have a question. Yeah. So what's the difference between euthanasia and just pulling the plug if a patient's unconscious? And Okay, so patients have the right to, to um, refuse any medical intervention that they want. Right. Okay? they sometimes lose the ability to exercise that right. Mm-hmm. So when they lose the ability to exercise that right, that falls to other people who care about them uh, to make those decisions for them. It's called substituted judgment. And withdrawing uh, treatment from someone is not the same thing as euthanasia because you, when you when you remove a ventilator from someone, it's not that act that causes them to to, to leave this world. It's the underlying condition that causes them to leave this world. The life support was merely um, uh, uh, interfering with that process. Okay, I see. Okay? So now with euthanasia, you're actually making steps to 
uh, cause someone's demise by giving them a medication or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, or okay. pillow over the head or whatever, you know. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. So does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. All right. Kind of a heavy topic, but something we need to talk about. All right. Let's do one more. Um, yeah, this one's good. Hey, Dr. Steve. Really like the show. I had a question for you, wondering what your opinion or what you know about acoustic pressure wave therapy for ED. Thanks for your answer. Yeah. Are you guys doing what any of this? That? No. Okay. So it's low intensity shock wave therapy shock. for erectile dysfunction. And, uh, you know, we, people have erectile dysfunction for whatever reason, they're not able to pump more blood into their penis than is being pumped back out. That's really it. It's a mechanical thing. And, uh, when you get an erection, you know, you open up the, the, the arterial side and you kind of shut down the venous side. So blood gets pumped in, it's a little bit harder to pump back out. And because of physics, um, you get an enlargement of the penis, hopefully, <laughs> and and a stiffening of the penis um, uh, because the uh, sheath around it is is somewhat elastic, but it's not completely elastic. It will stretch to a certain level, and then it will stop stretching, which is good because if it was infinitely stretchy, when you pumped more blood in than you pumped out, you would just get a big balloon, you know, a big purple balloon penis, which wouldn't be very good for impregnating somebody, so or having intercourse with them and it'd be hard to get your mouth around. So, um, <laughs> so it is, um, uh, uh, it behooves us to try to increase blood flow to the penis by whatever manner we can. And one way that we can do that is with medications like sildenafil that increase nitric oxide in the bloodstream. Nitric oxide helps to dilate the vessel's pumping blood into the, into the member and, uh, and you get these nice big meaty erections. I like Cialis is my favorite, but you know, uh, Levitra and, uh, <laughs> Levitra and, uh, um, uh, uh, Viagra are also, you know, good choices. Uh, but there are other things that you can do and there's this low intensity shockwave therapy. Uh, the other things that we can do now are alprostadil injections or alprostadil suppositories that you shove down the urethra, and it also causes increased blood flow to the penis. You can use a, um, a vacuum pump where it, those have a cock ring on the end of them, and you stick it over your member, and then you evacuate the air. Well, that negative pressure draws blood into the penis, mm. and then when you get it um, uh, you know, to the, the size that you want, you just slip that cock ring off, and that traps the blood in there, and then you've got this sort of big purple, you know, pulsating thing. Meaty. That's also meaty. Yes, mm -hmm. it's very meaty. And then, uh, so those are the things that we have now. Or an implant. You can get a urologist to implant a new, um, you know, set of uh, uh, in tissues that will enlarge. Some, some of the old school implants would be just permanently erect. So I don't how, know how that would be good. How does shock work, though? Okay, well, okay. So, yeah, let's. I just want to give a little background on what we have now. So this low-intensity shockwave therapy, they did a randomized clinical trial comparing two treatment protocols. And um, what they found was that patients benefit more in sexual performance from 12 sessions twice a week hmm. compared with six sessions once a week. So you got to do this. you got to commit to it. And uh, it's basically a little device that um, um, uh, gives low-intensity acoustic shock waves to the tissues in the penis. 
Uh, I'm trying to see uh, here. Uh, they recommend it to people. Um, okay, this study, they used people that did respond to phosphodiesterase inhibitors. In other words, they, these people can achieve an erection. They can't do it on their own, but they could with medication. They wanted to see if they got better with uh, this treatment so they didn't need it. And so they did uh, uh, twice a week for six consecutive weeks. And um, people who completed a six-month follow-up were offered six additional sessions. So let's see. So is see. this something that's supposed to just make you, like, train your penis to get nope. hard again? Or is it ongoing? Nope. Uh, what they think is that it induces growth factors. Mm. It's almost like stem cell treatment in a way. I mean, it's a way to think about it. That it induces growth factors to reconstruct the... Um, um, the blood vessels and the little arterioles and capillaries that feed the penis. That's what that's what the hypothesis is. Hmm. And let me just see here. When the impact of the total number of sessions received was examined, um, they got a uh, an improvement in their erectile uh, function score up to 62%, 74%, and 83% of patients, and that would be 6, 12, and 18 sessions respectively. No treatment-related side effects were reported. So this really seems pretty effective. You know, we'll do cancer treatments because 5% of people mm-hmm. get better, you know? Yeah. So, so he was just wanting to I'm know interested. if it was effective. That's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so is yeah. it like a, something you put on? No, they would do it. It would be a, like an ultrasound probe oh, okay. kind of thing, and it will give do this sort of vibration. I don't know what the character of the vibration is. It says it's low intensity, so it's not like getting your kidneys busted, mm. you know, hmm. which is high-intensity shock or extracorporeal shockwave therapy. So, hmm. anyway. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. I'm going to try it just for fun. <laughs> you should. I'm, I'm like uh, Snoop Dogg. I don't have a problem, but you might. Have you heard those commercials he has? That's, that's nope. hilarious. Anyway, thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Thanks to uh, um, uh, Dr. X and Lady Diagnosis. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine.